Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. I love worshipping Jesus, don't you? He's amazing. He's amazing. Oh, what a privilege we have to know Jesus. Just, just say Jesus. Jesus. It's so easy, isn't it, to come to church or come to a meeting and we do what we do. And actually... We're here just because we love Jesus. It's not because we just want to sing a few songs or hear a message or meet a few people. We're here because we love Jesus. Well, two, two people, three, four, five, six, eight, ten, twenty, thirty, forty. It's so good, isn't it, to just to know Jesus. spend time just cultivating just relationship with Jesus. Life is manic these days, isn't it? There are many things going on in society that we can get annoyed about, upset about, disagree with and all of that. And we can focus so much on this and this and this and this. And if we're not careful, our our Christian life and our Christianity can just become... We just live it in a certain way. And sometimes we, we, we just need to stop and just remember, Jesus, I love you. You want me to know you. You want to know me. You want me to just be open to the depth of my being to know you, to cultivate friendship and relationship with Jesus. Anybody else? This is a really deep message this morning so far. (laughs) But actually, no matter what we speak about, no matter what we're taught, or whatever somebody might preach or whatever, it's so that we can know him better, that it inspires hunger in our hearts to know Jesus, because we can live for a vision, we can live for promises that God's given us individually together as a church as well, we can live to see this, that and the other and we can live for a cause and all of that, but right at the heart, all of that just flows from relationship with Jesus. Just wanted to know him, wanted to abide with him, wanted to be with him. Not just what he can do for me or for you. Not what we might think we might be able to do for him, but just simply a hunger and desire to know him. There's loads that God wants to do out in the world. And obviously we're part of that, but... At the heart of that is a people that hunger after God. And a people that hunger after God, God's going to not just visit them, but he's going to abide with them. He's going to remain with them. He's going to reveal himself to them. And as God does that amongst the people, then he begins to reveal himself through a people, to a people out there. So it's not really what we know about God or how much we know of God in the sense of knowledge and information and scriptures and everything just here. 
but it's how much we know him and are just cultivating friendship, relationship. And if we go after him, if we seek after him, then other stuff that can be a struggle or a temptation or an issue begin to be starved of fuel that can affect our lives. And as we just daily, even moment by moment, in the decisions of the day, not to react or get upset or annoyed or whatever we might be, but actually in the middle of it, say, God, I want you right at the heart of this and I need to pursue you in the middle of this. Because that's where the reality of our relationship with him hits the reality of our lives every day, isn't it? The last few weeks on Sundays, we've had a number of different messages that on one level, if you just were here week by week, you might think, well, how do they all connect together? And Suki spoke a few weeks ago and her message was called, It Starts With A Yes. Was anybody here for that one? She had the big inflatable world ball and all of that. Um, that. That message was really about alignment, aligning our lives with him. And there are obviously a number of things in there, everything from understanding from scripture, you know, Jerusalem and Israel and where that is in God's heart and everything that happens really in terms of the world and God's purposes revolve around that. But also there was a bigger picture to that as well about us being aligned in our lives with God, with his purposes, but also relationally with him. Then Simon spoke, Simon Cole spoke the following week and it was called the narrow door or the narrow path. And that message really was about surrender. So if we, if we align our lives with him, then we're walking a surrendered life to him. So we want to walk in alignment with God, with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we need to remain surrendered to him. <clears throat> and that means relationally this way. It means in right relationship with others this way. Uh, in other things that we're going to look at in a minute. And then last week, Pastor Colin, he spoke uh, about everlasting life, everlasting joy. And you think, well, how on earth, what's that got to do with the previous two? What he was basically speaking speaking about was the walk that we walk in. That God has called us to live a walk and a life of joy in the midst of everything that we go through, walk through, might need to overcome, that we live a life of thanksgiving and joy in the midst of all of that, the things that he was speaking about. And when I was praying about uh, today, and just, just following on from what God wants to, to, to say, this is linked not just today in a message today or faith camp or anything else. It's really linked with the, uh, what, God, what you allow God to speak to you about and do in you over the next few weeks, and then what the autumn is going to look like in your life personally in all of our lives personally, but also then together as a a body of people. And we're going to read through Proverbs chapter 4. So if you've got your Bible here, uh, grab your Bible. Uh, I don't think it will come up on the screen unless they can put it up there quickly. But Proverbs chapter 4. Now we're going to read the whole chapter and uh, maybe bring a few things out. 
But today's message really following being in alignment with God. In order to be in alignment, we live surrendered. And a surrendered life is a walk of joy. How many of you know when you surrender your life to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that is a life of joy? It's a joyful life. Maybe in, in the world's thinking, if you have to surrender to somebody, you're, you're, that is not a joyful thing. But in relationship with God, when you surrender to Him, there's a joy in surrender uh, that then releases His life and His purposes in and through our, our lives. So let's have a look at Proverbs chapter 4, because what we're really going to look at today is, <coughs> excuse me, is the next steps in our lives. God is always concerned about relationship with Him, but in that relationship, He is always speaking. He speaks about Himself to reveal Himself to us. He, reve- he speaks to us about us in relationship to Him so that we can see how we relate to Him and how He relates to us. He also speaks to us about how we then relate to one another in relationship. He also then speaks to us about His heart for the world and for people and how we are then to live and to relate uh, in, in the context of the world and our relationships and our, and our witness. But in, in all of that, there's this phrase called next steps. And I believe that God wants us in different aspects and different areas of our lives to know what He is saying to us in different areas in our lives so that we know what our next step is with Him in relationship to different areas in our lives. If you never have something you're aiming for, you'll be aimless. And how many of you know, if you're not aiming at anything, you're not going to hit anything? But we're not talking about this morning just deciding a bunch of things that we're then going to try and achieve in our Christian life. Because we know anything in our Christian life, we can't achieve what we what we think we need to achieve. It's what God does in us and what he then enables in us as he speaks to us. We respond to him as Suki was saying to align our lives, as Simon was saying to then surrender in what, to what he's saying. And as we surrender, it then enables us to be joyful in that life because of the release that comes when we follow and walk in the ways and the things of God. So let's have a look at Proverbs chapter 4. It's, it's all about wisdom, and, uh, but let's just read it and we'll pick out a few points as we, we go. Okay, it says here, listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. So there's a couple of, couple of, there's three commands there. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. So in relationship with God, we want to be a listening person. We want to be somebody who is listening to the voice of God. How do we do that? We, we listen to the voice of God through the word. If you're struggling to hear God's voice in your life, you know, in any way, and you're like, well, I don't know, I can't hear God speak to me. I'm not sure what he's saying. Then the best place to start is to get your Bible out and begin to, even if you use just the daily things that we're using as a church, just to help people, the soap, scripture, S, observation, application, A, and prayer, P, soap. And, and what we're doing is we get, we're reading the word because we want God to speak to us through the word. And if you're struggling to hear God in your life and know what he's saying to you, the best place to start is to read the word. 
read his words on, on white bits of paper with black words, or if you've got a screen and that's the way you do it on your phone or wherever, great. But give him some space to, to bring some things off the page that begin to speak into your heart and your life that then get something going in a fresh way. That's then going to enable you to hear God by the Spirit with, without necessarily reading the Word, but then you begin to hear God's voice directly to you. How many of you know that anything God says to you directly will always be confirmed in the Word? The Holy Spirit will never say anything to you that's not in the book. Okay, or you can't find anywhere because he's the spirit of, of truth. So we want to be listening people. But then it says, pay attention and gain understanding. There are many, many things that are trying to gain your attention and my attention out there. The challenges of the day, the things going on in culture, the arguments about Brexit, what's going on with gender identity. Uh, is Donald Trump sane or is he insane? Um, you know, is Theresa May going to be prime minister by the end of the week or not? Uh, or by the end of the day or not, it seems like at the moment. Uh, what's going There's all these things, OK, that can grab our attention, fill our minds, fill our hearts, fill our conversations and all of that. But in the midst of all of the noise of the world, what's God saying? What's God's voice in the middle of it? Pay attention and gain understanding. What does it then say? Verse 2, because I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. So what, what is he saying? Look, we've got to root ourselves, plant ourselves, concrete our lives in the word here. And then he says, when I was a boy in my father's house, still tender and, and an only child to my mother, he taught me. So when I was a boy, how many of you know that when, when your kids are growing up, they learn fast? How many of you know they learn more by watching than they do necessarily by hearing? They learn more by watching us, don't they, than just saying what we uh, say, because they're like, well, Dad, you're saying that, but you don't do that. So uh, uh, it doesn't make sense. But when people are younger, they learn more quickly because they're on a learning curve. Now, as we get older, sometimes we think we've sussed some things out and we know a little bit more and we've learned this. And we, if we're not careful, we can get into certain mindsets and paradigms. And it, and it seems to take the Holy Spirit a lot to shake us out of some things. But we want to stay. We want to stay like the guys speaking here. We want to we want to be we want to stay tender to what the Holy Spirit is saying. We want to stay pliable in his hands so that we don't get locked into certain ways of thinking and living and being. We want to be tender in God's hand so that we're like a little child that's easy to hear, easy to respond and quick to learn and change in the way that God wants us to change and to be. And this, and this is how that happens. Verse 4, lay hold of my words with all of your heart. Lay hold of my words with all of your heart and keep my commands and you will live. The word live there actually means to be revived. So it, it, when, if you read that, it says, lay hold of my words with all of your heart, with all of your being and keep my commands and you will be revived. Yeah. Wow, I love that. And you will be revived Get wisdom and get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Now, many of us might sit here and go, yeah, great. Now get on to what the message is all about. 
because we know this stuff. But actually, these are the, this is the foundation of walking with God. This is the foundation of not getting into deception. This is the foundation of not getting into false arguments and time-wasting things. This is the foundation to keep your mind in order, to keep your thinking straight. This is the foundation that as you feed into your lives, it enables you to be an emotionally stable person. Why? Because when you lay hold of God and His words and what He's saying into our lives, you're bringing everything in your life, your thinking, your understanding, your emotions, your will, your body. You're bringing everything under His authority. You're bringing everything under His Lordship so that everything in in your life operates in a way that He has designed you to operate in relationship with Him. Get wisdom, get understanding. There's another, depending on what uh, translations you read, there's other bits sometimes that when it says get understanding or it says whatever else you get, make sure you get understanding. So in your life, as well as getting this or getting that or getting the other, the most important thing, make sure you get understanding. Don't just do it as a sideshow amongst everything else. With everything else going on in your life, make sure you get the very thing that's going to enable you to live in the way that God has called you to live. Verse 6, do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. What does that mean? There's protection in living in the power of the word. There's protection for your mind and your thinking. There's protection from your, for your heart and for your attitudes and your motives. There's a protection that then goes around your emotions so they stay in order. There's a protection then in your body that you live in health and well-being. So when we submerge ourselves in the truth of God's Word, in His commands, in His promises and the things that He says to us, there's a promise here that then says that if we do not forsake wisdom, we do not forsake His Word, she will protect you and love her and she will watch over you. Wow. There's so many promises here in God's Word that if we just simply walk in His ways, what then surrounds us in Him? Is anybody getting anything out of this today? Okay. Then then it says here, wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, whatever else you get, again, get wisdom understanding. Wisdom is supreme. What does that mean? It means the word is supreme over every other word. There are many, many words out there at the moment, many, many arguments and philosophies and lifestyles and belief systems and things that are crowding in that says this thing is irrelevant today in 2018. This thing is out of date. It doesn't make sense anymore. And what is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to bring the authority of God's word to that so that nobody believes in the authority of God's word any longer and says there is no authority in that. We are the authority. What I want is the authority and how I want to live is the authority because I have a right to be and live how I want to live. So the enemy is sowing a seed into the culture and society to basically ignore the Word of God and says it has no place today. It's irrelevant. The Word of God, because it says this and this and this, is bigoted or it's racist or it's this, that and the other. There's a battle going on for the sovereignty of God. It's not just about our nation and people's lives. There's a battle going on out there right now today for the sovereignty of God in this nation and in our lives. 
And so we want to make sure that we're living in the sovereignty of God because we're living under the sovereignty of God because we're submitting our lives to the very word of God and the life that comes and that he releases through his word. So he's saying wisdom is supreme. God's word is supreme. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Then he says, esteem her, esteem wisdom and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honour you. There's some amazing promises here. What is, what is God saying? If we walk with Him, He's our protection. If we walk with Him, then as we esteem Him, as we walk with Him, He exalts us. As we embrace Him, His wisdom, His word, He will honour us. He says, she will set a garland of grace around your head. In life, when you get a garland, it's because you've won something. When in sport, they don't seem to do it so much these days, but, you know, they used to give the garlands, didn't they? The winner's thing, the winner's whatever it was to the person who won whatever it was, a garland that went around their, their, their neck. So what is he saying? She will give you a winner's crown. Yeah. It's a crown of grace that is on your head and will present you with a crown of splendor. Yeah. How does all this come? We just simply walk with God. You simply walk with God. God's not saying, you've got to do this for me. You've got to do that for me. You've got to do the other for me. You've got to turn yourself inside out for me. No, he's literally just saying, if you listen to my words, if you walk in my ways, if you take hold of who I am, if you just simply respond to what I'm saying to you, I'll protect you. I'll be your life. I'll honour you, esteem you. I'll be this, I'll be that, and I'll be you. You'll see me outwork who I am in your life. She will set a garland, uh, you know, a person of victory. You'll be a winner, if you can put it that way. Verse 10, listen, my son or my children, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. How many of you want to live a long life? How many of you are living long lives? Let's put it that way. Yeah, we're all living long lives. Again, it's all here, isn't it? Verse 11, I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. Sometimes in the kind of Christianity that we have, we're all, you know, it's very easy to look for the explosive, you know, the explosion, the excitement, the, uh, you know, this, that and the other. But actually in the daily walk, of just sitting down with Jesus and just opening your Bible and just beginning to read and the Holy Spirit just starts to speak to you. That can become more exciting and more fulfilling than whether you see people getting healed, getting set free, whether you hear about miracles, whatever God's doing. Because all of that flows from what's going on in here, in our lives anyway. And so, as it says here, I'll guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. And when you run, you will not stumble. This is about a daily walk, daily relationship. Jesus, I just want to know you. I read something the other day, some of the revivalists that you uh, can read about and some of the people that, lead massive churches uh, around the world. Uh, and it's interesting when you read some of their stuff where they say, um, I'm so busy, I have, to spend, I have to spend four hours at the beginning of the day praying. 
Well, that's a contradiction in your head. I'm so busy, there's so much to do, but I have to spend four hours in prayer. Most people that are busy say, well, I'm so busy, I only had time for two minutes today. Well, I was having my breakfast because I had a really busy day. So I quickly got the Bible. I got the, uh, the reading that we're doing. And I was, I was so, I'm so busy today. I scoffed my cornflakes down while I read three verses. Thought, well, at least I've done that. Bless me, Jesus. And then we go on with the day. And we wonder why half the time it's a real struggle. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a battle. And wow, that was hard work. Because what you sow is what you reap. Yeah. And some of these guys, it's like there was a secret there. It's like if your life is busy... Somebody else said uh, once, if your life is busy, get busy with God. As in, you've got to make the time because that's your fuel station. That's where the supply is for everything you're going to need to enable to overcome the busyness, walk through it and come out the other, the other side. Let's just keep going for a minute. This isn't the message. This is just getting to the message. Is this all right? The message is about three minutes at the end. Is that okay? So this is the, like, the preamble for the actual message. Are you still here? Everybody say, hurry up. <laughs> it's hot in here. Okay. Um, when you walk, your steps will not be hammered. So this message is all about next steps. So if we're hearing what God is saying about different areas in our lives, the next steps we take will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Now, what does that mean spiritually? If we know the steps we're taking, we're not going to stumble over something else and get taken out. When you're walking with God and the enemy comes against you, that's different than us wandering around not knowing what God's saying and we get taken out by the enemy because we're looking at this, that and the other and we're not looking at him. Whereas when you're pursuing the things of God and what God is saying and what's my next step here, what's God saying to me here and what's he saying to you there, when you're going over through towards those things, the enemy will always come against you because that's his job. Right? That's what he's paid to do. Uh, that's his job. He tries to take us out. So he's always going to do that as long as you're alive. And, but when you're walking with God and he tries to come against us, if we're walking with him, we have a shield of faith and a sword of the spirit that overcomes him. But if we're not, if we don't know what God is saying and what we're doing, it's easily, it's easy for us in our lives to be taken out, to get distracted or, or whatever it might, might be. So whatever is in front of your eyes in your life is what's going to captivate you. And I don't just mean what you're looking at, but what are we feeding on in our lives in terms of what God is saying, the relationships we have, the friends around us and all of that. What is it that we're feeding on that helps to give strength in our relationship with God and with others that helps us to walk on our own and together with others in the purposes of God so that when the enemy tries to come against that, there's a strength there that enables us to resist him and overcome him. Then it says here, uh, verse 13, hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Hold on. Guard it well, for it is your life. Then it says, do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. The way of God, that is. For, they, for these kind of people cannot sleep till they do evil and they are robbed of slumber till they make someone fall. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. So I think there's enough warnings already in terms of the, the, the words given us in this chapter that if we hold on to God and his word and his ways, 
You're going to be more aware of stuff going on around you where the enemy wants to take you out or people want to take you out. And we don't have room in our hearts then for other things to cultivate. Uh, it's, it's really difficult to resist sin or to resist stuff. You know, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. The best thing is just to go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to feed on something else then rather than trying to resist this. It's like, well, I'm just going to feed on who God is. Sometimes that is just sticking a worship CD on in your car or in the house or something and just fill the place and turn the volume up so that it drowns out all the emotional rubbish that's going on in you at that moment. And you turn it up. Well, I don't like loud music. Well, sometimes we need to turn it right up in our kitchen, in our lounge, that it drowns out the rubbish that's going on up here just so that we get so caught up with how amazing God is and how brilliant He is that then we begin to join in the same and, and, we, and, and that stuff then gets overcome and this stuff changes because he's bigger than all of that. Uh, let's keep going. Is that all right? If you want me to carry on, say keep going. That was enough of you. Brilliant. Uh, where are we? 18. Thanks. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn. I love that, don't you? So what do we do? That means we bring light into situations. We bring hope into situations. We bring an answer. We bring possibilities. Why? Because we're coming with light. We're coming with hope. We're coming with something positive. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn. Ah, oh, day is coming, shining even brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. That's why we're called to be salt and light, isn't it? In the world. We'll come to that in a minute. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to a man or a person's whole body. Isn't it amazing how the writer of this proverb knows if you don't hold on to the word, you get yourself into trouble. They must have experienced some things in their life. When I don't keep a hold of God, then something else is going to get a hold of me. And so they're kind of just speaking out of, yes, it's revelation, but it's also revelation in the context of their personal life, not just a revelation directly from God without ever having experienced challenge in their life. Then he says here, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Above all else, guard your heart. Proverbs 21.2 says, All a man's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs the heart. Proverbs 16, 9 says, In his heart a, man's plan, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. And Proverbs 20, 24 says, A man's steps are directed by the Lord. How can anyone understand his own way? So what, what's, what's the right of Proverbs saying here? And what do those other Proverbs say that we've just read? Sometimes we think we know we're doing all right. Or we think we know what we think is right. Or we are happy with what is going on in us because we think 
where we're at or what's going on is okay. And, or we're doing all right, or I'm happy with this or that or the other. And it's only when we look at our life in a mirror in relation to God's word that we see what is happening in our hearts. How many of you guys listen to messages online? I know, yeah, obviously, you know, you, you get whatever you get on Sunday and, uh, and everything, but also it's, it's good to listen to other people online, people that preach the truth, obviously, not just end time prophetic people, right? When's Jesus coming back? Maybe leave those over there and, and actually listen to people who preach the word, okay? There's a little warning for you. And uh, so, because nobody knows when Jesus is coming. All right. doesn't matter how many people you hear preach on Revelation. There's loads of different, you can pick different things out of it. Just stick to what's God doing now? What's he saying now? When Jesus comes, he'll come. You know, and uh, what, was that? what was that thing? Jesus is coming, look busy, whatever. <laughs> Just get busy with God today. Don't worry, is he coming next week, next month? Is it 2018, 2019? And listen to this prophetic guy, that prophetic guy. Just leave all the end time prophet guys over there, okay? Live your life today like he's coming back today because that's what Jesus said. And, and that's, I think that's, that's easy enough to understand. Jesus said, pick up your cross daily. That's what, so just pick it up today like he's coming back today. Anyway. Sorry, but that's a bit of a no- I'm just annoyed by some of these guys out there. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry if you like those people. <laughs> I, 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 in above all else, guard your heart. So concentrate on what God is doing today, now, not just what he might do in 5, 10, 20 years, okay? Because we'll only see God do something in five years if we live what he's saying today. Because how you live today determines what happens tomorrow. How we live now in 2018 determines what happens in 2019. If you want to shape what 2025 looks like, just go after God today in 2018 and keep going after him. And 2025, you'll still be going after him. Anyway, consider the past, verse 25. Let your eyes look straight ahead and fix uh, your gaze directly before you. Verse 26, consider the paths of your feet and take only ways that are firm. That's why we're not into the theories of what might happen or possibilities. Just walk in the ways of God now and what he's doing in your life now. Do not swerve to the right or to the left, but keep your foot from evil. Okay, so here's the message. You ready? You ready? All right, this is the message. Today's called Next Steps. Everybody say Next Steps. Turn to somebody next and say, this is the message. It's called Next Steps. And now say to them, you will have some. Okay, here's some, here's some questions for you. Are you ready? Because this is it. Okay, we're going to look at a few different areas. In, in regards to these different areas in your life at this moment, what is God saying to you? Or do you know what he's saying to you in these different areas in your life? So firstly, in your relationship with him, what is God speaking to you personally about at the moment in regards to your relationship with him? Generally, with God, 
He won't say one thing to you one day and something completely different the next, something completely different the next, something completely different the next. Often what God does, He begins to speak to you about something to do with Him or you in relationship or whatever, but He'll tend to spend some time, a few days or even a few weeks speaking to you because He wants to reveal who He is into your life so that you begin to live in the truth of that, in the reality of that, of who He is in your life in some way or other. So what is He saying to you at the moment in relationship with Him? What are you feeling on? What's He saying? Maybe if you have a, I'd encourage you to write things down every day that God is saying to you. It might be a couple of sentences, could be a paragraph, could be a few pages. It's a relationship was two-way. We talk to him, he talks to us. Just encourage you, keep a journal. What is God saying? And every few days or once a week, maybe read through it and see what God is saying to you through that week. It might not be every word you wrote down is the word of the Lord to you. But if you write a paragraph and you read it, it'll be like, ah, that's what God's saying to me. You know, as the Holy Spirit's talking to you and as you're reading the word and he's highlighting a few things to you. He might then, as you're reading the Word, begin to bring a few different scriptures together and begin to speak to you. You're like, wow, okay. What's He saying to you at the moment in terms of, and then what does that mean in terms of your next step with Him in your relationship? Maybe you're somebody here today and you don't know Jesus. Maybe your next step is to actually surrender your life to Him. Maybe you've given your life to Him, you've surrendered your life to Him, but you've never been baptised in water. Maybe for some of you in here, your next step is to get baptised in water. And actually, as Suki said, align our lives. As Simon said, then surrender our lives. And then Pastor Connie said to walk in joy. Maybe your next step is you need to get baptised, fully submerged in water. Because the Bible says that we are, went to, when we give our lives to Him, we repent of our sin, we turn away from it. We surrender everything to Him and He becomes Lord of our lives. We then get baptised in water that says, my old life is now dead and buried with Christ. And when you come out of the water, I now come into, I'm raised into a new life with Christ and then also after you've been baptised in water this can happen before or after it doesn't really matter there's no biblical precedent but uh, if maybe if you're not baptised in the Holy Spirit maybe your next step is to be baptised be filled with the Holy Spirit and God gives you his power to enable you to live as a Christian I don't know so maybe you need to surrender your life to him maybe you need to be baptised in water maybe somebody else needs to be baptised in the Holy Spirit Maybe there's something God is speaking to you or me about in our own lives that we need to respond to. Maybe there's a next step there. What's God saying? What's your next step? If you don't know what God is saying to you at the moment, don't, don't be under condemnation. Well, I don't know. Just say, well, I, I, I don't know what he's saying. And maybe from today onwards, begin to spend a bit of time saying, Father, what are you saying to me at the moment? What do you want to talk to me about? What do you want to show me about who you are? Are there areas in my life you want to show me where I put trust in myself instead of you or whatever it might be, okay? And, and maybe start in the next few days and say, Holy Spirit, I want, to, I want to just start a journal, maybe write a few things down that you're saying so that I know what you're saying to me because as the, as the guy who wrote Proverbs, this chapter, is, as I walk in your word in those ways, then there's loads of promises that just happen in my life just because I'm walking in your ways. Are you there? Okay, next step, that's relationship with God. Maybe if you're married, well, let's start before we get to marriage. Friendships, relationships, we all have those, friendships and relationships, whether you're married or not. Maybe, well, is there anything God might be saying to you about a next step in your friendships? 
about being open, honest, vulnerable. Any masks that you put around yourself to protect yourself in some way or other. Maybe there's any fears. Maybe God wants to speak to you about, hey, there's no, there, uh, there's no fear in my love. Maybe God begins to speak to you and say, Look, I want to reveal more of who I am so that where you're afraid of others, you know, maybe knowing who you think you really are and all this kind of stuff, that that can be broken down so that there's a freedom there, there's a confidence there. Actually, I'm called to be who I am and you can celebrate who you are in him. Maybe there's something like that. Maybe there's other things God wants you to... Maybe God speaks to you, I want you to be more encouraging. I want you to champion other people. I, I don't know. What's the next step in your friendships and relationships? If you're married, how's your marriage going? How's your relationship with your husband? Uh, if you're a lady, if you're, if you're the other way around, how's your relationship with your wife, if you're a bloke? And uh, what's your marriage like? Uh, maybe a next step is we need a, a, a greater depth of friendship. Maybe it's, you need to be more open and honest with one another. Maybe you need to be more affirming of each other or one to the other. If, if, or maybe you need to build up and encourage. Maybe you need to start praying together if you don't pray together at all. Maybe you need to spend time listening to God together. Maybe you need to, if you've got kids, if you don't do this, maybe pray for your family. Pray with your kids and with your family. I don't know. What is a possible next step? Because if you never have any next steps, you're not going to grow. But the next steps are in line with what God is saying to you, not what, well, I, oh, I'm not doing very well there. I think I should be doing better. No, it's not that. It's what's God saying. What's your next step in your marriage? Maybe for some of the blokes here in your marriage, maybe you need to take more responsibility and step up and be head of the household in a way that maybe you're letting your wife, you kind of not just delegated certain things, but maybe you've abdicated a few things and said, hey, well, she's the one who prays. She's the woman. Women are good at praying. Uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, they are. But blokes are good at praying too. There's nothing in the Bible that says prayer is mainly for the ladies. And the blokes, because, you know, you know, you have a go if you, if, you, if you fancy having a go, you know, and praying a bit. No, we can all pray, right? So maybe that's an area God wants to speak about. I don't know. Parenting. Uh, maybe the next step is to spend some quality time with your kids. Maybe uh, you think, well, I'm struggling with time with them or this, that and the other. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe you need to decide, I'm going to spend, we're going to redefine some of our family time and what we do as a family. Maybe uh, you need to have some help with parenting and you need to say, hey, I need to ask for some help. Please, will somebody help me? I know Simon alluded to a few things uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, so we're going to get him to do a, a 15 week series on parenting. <laughs> Uh, in the autumn. Is that okay? Isn't that what we talked about in the week? It wasn't. Okay. He's going to do a 15-minute session on parenting. He's going to tell you everything he knows, everything he's learned. It might not take that long. Okay. All right. It's going to be a very short session that Sunday. We'll be done by half, half ten. Is that all right? The place would be packed, wouldn't it? If you tell all your mates, we're having church Sunday, starts at 10, finishes at 10.30, it would be like, it would be rammed that Sunday. So we'll let you know when Simon's doing the 12-minute parenting course, okay? Uh, it might, a next step might be that you start praying with your kids. Uh, work, in your work world, in your work life, uh, maybe a next step is, is, is to develop some new skills or get some more qualifications, Maybe a next step is God wants to speak to you about your work ethic and, and maybe your attitude in the workplace. 
uh, maybe the next step is, is you, God's been in the workplace you're in and, and maybe it depends on what you do. You've got some new ideas and creativity and things and God's encouraging you. Hey, speak about those things in your workplace, to your boss in whatever environment. Take a bit more boldness and I don't know what the next step might be. It might be you're an inventor and God's giving you ideas and he's saying, hey, get that out there or whatever. Who knows? Maybe some of, you are not, some of you are entrepreneurial and God is speaking about things. Maybe God says a next step is to begin to, to do whatever you need to do in relation to whatever God's speaking to you about. What's the next step that you're moving towards? And maybe you say, hey, I need some help. Well, how many of you know Roger Green runs Ignite? They, they're amazing. If you, if you don't, Roger, you're over here somewhere. If, go and see Roger. He's an amazing man. And... Uh, he leads something called Ignite, called Ignite, which is geared around business guys uh, in the workplace, entrepreneurial guys. And uh, so there might be some things like that. What's your next step in your work world, in your working world? What, maybe there's a promotion that God has spoken to you about and, and you're not just after it because you want a pay rise, but you just know God's been speaking to you. But maybe that's a next step and you need to believe that and say, Father, I thank you. You spoke to me about that or whatever it might be. God wants you to have promotions. He wants you to have pay rises. He wants you to be blessed, right, in your life. Uh, maybe in your witness. What's the next step in your witness? Maybe your next step is to start to pray for somebody who isn't saved. This year, uh, I just, mine's not in the Bible this morning. I took it out yesterday because um, I was praying over something, but and I didn't put it back in there. But what's your next step? We've got the little cards, haven't we, where we're praying for the, our friends that are unsaved every day. And... What's your next step? Maybe it's to begin to pray for one of those people. Maybe the next step because you're praying is to begin to witness or invite them round for dinner or something. What's the next step in regards to somebody or a couple or a family or a household that are not saviour? What's your next step? What's God saying to you about your witness? Maybe in your finances. Um, oh, don't go there, Clive. Uh, what about your finances? What's God saying to you about your finances? Maybe he wants to talk to you about order in your finances. Maybe how you, how you prioritise what you're doing with them, how you're spending. Your, maybe some, you think, well, I don't know how to budget and you need some help budgeting. Maybe uh, God wants to be, the next step is begin to tithe and move towards tithing. Maybe it's giving or doing. I don't know what there might be, something to do with your finances. What's your next step with your finances? terms of what God is saying to you about those. Uh, maybe in just the life of the church, we're all part of the church here. What's your next step in the life of the church? What is God saying to you? It's great to rock up on a Sunday and be part of the body and, and everything, but the, but the church and, and the body is more than a meeting on a Sunday. So what is God saying to you about being part of the body? Maybe a next step is for some it's, uh, it's maybe beginning to serve in a certain area on a Sunday. Maybe if you're not in a small group, maybe a next step for you might be, actually, I'm going to connect into a small group, begin to build relationships and actually build into others' lives. Maybe a next step for some of you haven't done freedom. And, and it's actually maybe a next step is, actually, I'm going to do freedom in the autumn and sign up. Maybe some of you are fairly new to the church and you might have come to the welcome lunch. Maybe a next step might be to come to Grow, which is a four-week course on a Sunday in September after the, the Sunday meeting for an hour. And it's to find out how you can get connected into the life of the church. Church, discover what your gifts and talents are and what God's doing in your life and then how you can get really connected in and become fruitful in your life. Maybe there's other things in the life of the church. Relationships. What's my next step building relationships? Might be more connected with a small group or a heart and a passion. Something that is on your heart. What's, what are the next steps that God is talking to you about in your life? 
whether spiritual, relational, work world, in your witness or your finances or as part of the, the church. So I want to encourage you. Uh, let's stand together, shall we? I want to encourage you. I know you're not going to get answers to all those questions this morning. And, and obviously it's, that's not the idea. But in our lives, what is God saying? What are the next steps? And I want to encourage you over the summer, over the next few weeks, um, <clears throat> some of you might be away on holiday during August. Um, maybe a lot of you guys might be around during August. But over the summertime, as we come into September onwards and going forward into the rest of the year and what God's going to be doing, what is God saying to you? What are your next steps? And you don't have to sit down in one session and say, oh, you know, Pastor Clive said this, that and the other on Sunday. God, I need all these answers. It's not a piece of, it's not, a, it's not an exam, okay? It's not a test. And, and we're going to ask you in three weeks' time, can you give me all your answers and all of that kind of thing. This is, this is between you and God and what he's saying in your, your life. But you'll be amazed that when, when you hear God in different areas of your life like this and he speaks to you and you begin to respond, it's amazing what you begin to see happen. Because he wants to grow you in your life in all these different areas. Yeah. And how many of you know that the word is like a seed in our lives? And when he speaks to us and the seed of his word goes in and about a particular area in our life, and then we begin to water that with prayer and, and, and responding to God, something begins to grow, something begins to happen in that area. And, uh, and, and it doesn't just affect you, it then affects other people uh, around you. So what are your next steps? So let's maybe just take a few minutes just to, to pray. And uh, just wherever you are, just thank the Lord first of all for what he is already doing in your life. Thank him for the amazing ways that he has saved you. He has freed you. He's forgiven you. You know you're a new creation. You're a new person. You're different than you used to be. Thank him for where you are right now. But maybe also just thank him. Father, I thank you that you want to speak into my life in fresh ways. I thank you that you want me to walk with you more securely, more effectively, more fruitfully. Maybe just thank him right now. Thank you, Father. You want me to flourish in, my, in the life that you've given me. I thank you for my relationships to flourish. You want my marriage to flourish. You want my family to flourish. Thank you. You want my work world and everything I'm doing there to flourish. I thank you. You want what my witness to flourish. I thank you. You want my finances to flourish. I thank you. What how I'm part of the body and everything I'm doing there. You want it to flourish. I thank you, Father, that you want everything in my life to be growing, to be fruitful, and to be effective, to honor you and bring glory to you. So, Father, I just thank him, ask him over the next few weeks, Father, would you speak to me over the next few weeks and begin to show me by your word and things that you're saying, next steps in these different areas so my marriage becomes even more healthy, becomes stronger, so that my parenting and my family life becomes more healthy and stronger, so that my work, I become more effective in my work world, in the actual work that I'm doing, but also in the relationships I have there and also my witness in that environment. 
Thank you, Father, that my finances, some things are going to change in my finances in the next few weeks. Literally, just because I hear you and then respond to you and put your kingdom principles into operation, then things begin to happen and things begin to change. Not because I've done something in my own effort. I've just taken a hold of what you say and made some adjustments in relying to your word. And then something begins to be released. And then maybe just thank him. You're a member of the body. And every member has a part to play. Every member makes a difference. Every person is significant. Every person in the church. Your life matters in this thing. You're not here by accident. You're not here by mistake. God's called you here. However long God has called you here for, to be part of the body here, God wants you to make a difference. You're you're significant and your life matters to everybody here, to who we are as a people and to how we reach out into Horsham and beyond. You're part of this thing. Your life matters. So, Father, we thank you for your grace to hear from you, to respond to you, to cooperate with you and to move forward with you. And just while we're all standing, if there is anybody here today and you don't know Jesus, and you don't know Jesus, You've never responded to him. Maybe you've been here a few times. Maybe this is your first time. Maybe you've been to some other events in the church. Some, you know, if you're a lady, you might have been to some of the women's events or you might have been to a small group somewhere or I don't know, whatever contact you might have had. But today you're here and you don't know Jesus. Maybe today is the moment where you say, Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you. I want to hand my life over to you and I want you, I want your life to be in me. I want to know you, Jesus. Maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe you've never been baptised in the Holy Spirit and you're like, I need to be baptised. I need God's power to enable me to live in the way that God wants me to live. Maybe a next step is to be healed and you need something to happen in your life. Now, I know this is a bit off the cuff and I haven't asked some guys here, but uh, if, if I could just have a bunch of guys at the front Uh, that have been on the prayer team at Freedom Encounter. If you've been on the prayer team, the guys that have prayed for people at at one of the encounters, can you just just come forward now at the front? Just be a bit bold. I haven't given you any warning. And you might think, well, I'm not sure. Is that me? If you've been on the prayer team and you're here today, just feel free to come forward and just face everybody. And uh, if we could just have somebody in the band. Uh, Nick, could you come and play, mate? Is that right? Thanks, buddy. Um, in the next few minutes, uh, we, as, as we begin to, to just go into this time, um, we'll, if, you, if you want somebody to pray with you, then, then great. And then you, but you don't have to st- if, if you don't need prayer, then you don't have to stick around for the whole thing, obviously. But we just want to give a bit of time and space where if you know you need to respond, and part of your next step is a bit of a now moment where I want to surrender my life to Jesus. If that's what you want to do today, uh, if, you're a, if you're a lady, go and find one of the ladies at the front. If, uh, and if you've got a friend with you that's brought you today and you're like, actually, I, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to him. Maybe you nudge your friend and say, would you come with me and take me up to one of the people at the front? If you're a guy here today and you want somebody to pray for you, go to one of the guys that are at the, 
the, the front. It might be you want to surrender your life to Jesus. Maybe you need to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need, you're being away from God and you need to come back to Him. Uh, maybe uh, there's other areas you need healing in some way or other. You need somebody to agree with you this morning. Then just respond and find one of these guys and they will pray with you. They'll agree with you and God will do some stuff. Is that okay? So if you need anybody to pray, just feel free. Come forward right now. And uh, if there's a bit of a queue here and there, that's fine. Don't worry. But these guys can agree with you in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to pray and then we're going to close. But if you want to then come and be prayed with, then do that. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Father, we thank you for this moment right now that you would meet with individuals that need to have agreement uh, in their situations, in their lives. Father, I just thank you for your victory that's going to take place right now. People will be healed, set free. I thank you for people being baptized in your spirit, people coming to know you. Father, I thank you that over the summer you're going to speak into people's lives with next steps and what that looks like so that we can go forward uh, really focused with faith to be effective in our lives. I thank you, Father, for Faith Camp and how you're going to crown it in an amazing way next week. I thank you for what you're going to do over the next few weeks, ready for the autumn. Father, I speak your blessing, your abundance, your goodness over every one of us in your mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.